The Coach Mac podcast is back for another week. We continue to talk spring football as the Chippewas are a week in. Everybody wants to know about the quarterback position, so we go in depth about the four options for Central Michigan heading into the fall. Also, not sure if you saw this, but Coach McElwain put out a tweet for the first time in a while. We'll ask him about that. And then we're talking food on this episode. Elmo Walton, of course, the owner of Max and Emily's, one of the favorite spots in Mount Pleasant. He joins us to talk about the support from the community and why Max and Emily's has excelled and so much more. You're not going to want to miss it. Thanks so much for taking some time and spending it with us on the Coach Mac Podcast. What's going on, Coach Mac? Man, this is great. And uh, I tell you, it it doesn't seem, I tell you, this week flew by. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, we went a week ago uh, doing this and you know, that happens when you're in spring practice. Every day kind of just, it, it, it's amazing. You, you, you kind of get lost in the work and, and lost in the players. And, and uh, to realize we're already on another Sunday, it, it's kind of crazy. Is it, it's got to be fun for you just yeah, to get no, back in the swing blast. of things, right? Oh, and it's a blast being around these kids. And, and uh, you know, the practices, I've been really happy with the energy and the leadership. I think we have some uh, – we've got some guys on both sides of the ball, and, and I think part of that might be with some of those seniors coming back and getting another opportunity. You know, I think for those guys especially, I really feel like yeah, you, they, they, they realize that, that, you know what, this can all be gone. You know, I think something that we all went through a year ago uh, and, and for them, I mean, being able to kind of get a, a second lease, you know, and, and to be able to go out there and, and practice and, and be a part of it, it's been really good. So, uh, you know, our numbers have been good. We, we've stayed relatively healthy, uh, which is great. And now we're heading into a really important week because it should be kind of moving day for a lot of guys. We'll have uh, practice eight. We'll have a scrimmage outside here on Friday and, and – uh, kind of give them a chance, you know, to, to go out and play and see how they do inside the stadium. Eight seniors back, you kind of come in, uh, mentioned it, but uh, what went into that process or decision-making? When did they decide to, to come back and play, and how important is that for you and your team moving forward? Well, I think it's important. I think it's important for every senior around, you know, the country. Um, and, and I told our guys, uh, our seniors specifically, that obviously a year ago we were unable to, do a senior night and and do it any kind of justice and and I told the kids it's is look it's your option it's your opportunity to come back would love to have you um, if you don't um, I'm gonna have you back next year so you at least get a, a one proper senior day you know in the stadium to finish out your career but but with that we had some guys that that chose to come back and and uh, you know like I said I. I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, what they maybe went through and what they experienced and realized that it could be taken away. I think this opportunity for them is fantastic, and, and as it is for all the seniors around the country. Got to help your team, too, on the field. I mean, you, you bring back a lot of contributors, and Alonzo McCoy, Ja'Cory Sullivan, Troy Hairston, uh, Hunter Butchkowski, Robbie Stewart. I mean, you can go up and down the list of guys that came back. Um, that's that's going to be a big impact for you guys on the field in the fall. I do, and I and I think the way they have come back and really attacked, you know, w- what they found out they kind of lost uh, has been really good for this incoming 30 kids, you know, that, that are on our roster. And, and uh, they see how hard they go and how hard they work and, and more than anything, really the passion that they put in it. Only a few practices in, but do you have a sense of, of what a strength could be for this year's team coming up with what you've seen? You know, right now, I, I you know, we talk about groups, we talk about rooms. I, I, I think, for me, I think the strength of this football team is is really lies in in maybe their disappointment with what happened a year ago, if that if that kind of makes any kind of sense yeah uh you know i feel like uh you know we we maybe didn't do some things you know to to be effective as a football team and and got caught up in the noise and all the 
exterior things that are out there and and uh, you know for us I, I would say our focus has been really good you know we're still down you know we're missing a couple in the O-line and Gedecki and uh, Matowski who will be back but you know they're uh, they had surgery you know a year ago and so um, you know I, we're getting some really good developing some very good depth in the offensive line which I've been happy with um, you know I look I look in our secondary room and and we've got some pieces and of course some of those are guys coming back like you mentioned uh, um, you know Zoe and Kresge and and some guys like that 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 uh, have grown up again and said hey I get another opportunity to go do this so I think that that's that's been really good and and you know I our young linebackers you know we were short in numbers a year ago we really felt like we had some guys and and those guys aren't disappointing and and yet for all the young kids for for especially all the kids that, that are just here for the first time it's going to be exciting on friday when they get a chance to go out in the stadium and and see what they can do when we're all on the sideline i imagine it's going to be a little bit sense of relief because I know sometimes in the fall you guys were so short-handed it was tough to to compete yeah. against one yeah. another but now to have full numbers and actually see them go out there that's going to be I'm assuming a, a sense of relief for you guys well as you as and as you plan it out um you know ideally in the in in the spring you'd like to get a couple of those scrimmages where you know you're somewhere between like about 127 and maybe 136 reps you know, you, you hope you have those numbers. Um, you know, we were lucky in the fall in those scrimmages, you know, to be able to get in the 60s, you know, just based on where we were at. And uh, so I think that that'll be good, and, and it'll be a good test for our guys going into Easter weekend. All right, you know the main topic of discussion. You've been doing this long enough. Everybody wants to know about the quarterback position. Oh, man, I thought they were going to ask about which guy was going to be the lead equipment guy. Oh, Isn't well, it, no? it was either that or the punter or the kicker, but <laughs> right. right behind that is uh, is the QB. No, and it, it's, been, it's been really good, and, and uh, you know, and, and looking back and in retrospect, you know, I, I, I do really wish Tyler Pape would have been here in the, in the fall. You know, I wouldn't have sent him home because uh, – uh, he would have played some real valuable minutes for us a year ago, and, and yet he, I think he's coming. It's it's good. You know, there's a good balance in there. You've got, you know, D. Rich, who's been doing a really good job leading the team and, and, and shows his command of knowing what's going on, you know, being in the system. I think, um, you know, right now he's he's made some real strides. and And then with Jacob coming in with his experience and his abilities, um, you know, I feel feel really comfortable. You know, those guys and you know this Keller that that came in here um, and we actually uh, elevated him the last game because he became eligible um, after the semester had ended. Um, he's actually done a really good job. I'm I'm you know I'm really comfortable right now to say who's the starter and and uh, this and that. I, I'm not sure it's fair to say that without getting a couple of these scrimmages under our belt and you know uh, really the quarterback position sometimes when when you do it in spring it it it's maybe a little easier going with the ones you know because maybe you've got some stronger players there but to me it's how you operate with the twos and how you operate with the threes and really elevate the play around you you know of those guys around you and uh, I think we'll be able to tell some good stuff come the end of this week. Not sure who a starter might be, but Coach, tell us a little bit about uh, just what a couple of these bring to the table. Uh, it seems like you brought in some, some good size here. Uh, Jacob Sermon, 6'5", 240. Tyler Pape, 6'4", 210. Maybe start with those two. Yeah, well, you know, Jacob's a guy that, um, you know, coming out of high school, I mean, he, he's not answering the phone call of uh, – you know, the Central Michigan Chippewas. He was recruited by everybody in the country. Um, you know, he's a great player. Uh, knew about him, actually, was what is that, at a high school with uh, some guys that coach there that, that I know real well from my times, you know, out in Washington. And, um, you know, to a person, they all just speak so highly of him as a person. And, uh, you know, he's got a very very strong arm he can throw it in a lot of different arm angles which 
is very important in today's uh, style of football. He's got a quick release, and uh, the game's really important to him. You know, he's he's a he's a true uh, student of the game and enjoys it. You know, a lot like D. Rich, both these guys just football junkies. You know, I mean, they can talk football and and watch it and and do all that. Um, you know, which you really like at that position. And and Tyler Pape, um, he I tell you what, this guy we. I think we landed on a good one there. He's he's got the size. He's got a very strong arm, and then sometimes too strong an arm. You know, we've got to work on some things as far as those mid-level throws, and maybe um, you know throwing a two-ball instead of a you know a fastball right down the pipe all the time. And and yet you'd rather have that than have to try to speed it up. Do you feel comfortable with the quarterback room that you yeah, have right now? Absolutely, feel really good about it. Um, you know, and I. I I feel really good, you know, about we're starting to get some continuity up front, and uh, that really helps that position as well. Yeah, great to hear. Uh, and wanted to ask you about uh, D. Rich. I mean, I know mm -hmm. he, he fought through a lot of injury adversaries through the season. How's he doing coming into spring ball? You know, I can tell he learned a ton, you know. Um, that was a great – that really was a good experience for him a year ago. And uh, he got some valuable time. Uh, obviously uh, had the injury and wasn't really able to ever make it back. But maybe, you know, he'll learn from that as well, that, you know, at times you kind of do get bounced around in, in what you have to do to try to get back. But uh, uh, D. Rich has been good, and, uh, and it's a fun group to be around. They, they, they show real good leadership, and they've done it, you know, during the nine weeks of our workouts. You know, they were leading everything, which that position should do. That offense still has a ton of weapons, a lot of, lot of opportunities there for the fall for those guys. You know, I do. I, th I think we do. I um, you know, just hope to keep Joel Wilson healthy. He's having a great spring, and he gives you a different dimension at tight end, you know, a guy that can uh, really run. He's up to 200. He's over 250 pounds now, and, and um, you know, he's, he's had a really good spring at that tight end spot, um, which is good, and, and we need that. You know, we missed that a year ago a little bit, and uh, so that will be good for us. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about the receivers. You know, we've got to get back and, you know, create touches for um, KP, uh, which we're doing within uh, within the scheme, and, and get it to him in as many ways as we can. Um, you know, I think that's really, really important. Uh, you know, Dixon's back and, and is healthy. He got dinged up a little bit towards the end of last year, and we didn't have him, so that – that hurt us. And then some of the young kids, um, you know, this Keandre Collins, who, um, you know, kid we signed, obviously sent home. And, you know, he's the one that ran 10-4 in the state of Florida in the 100 meters. And, uh, um, you know, I think I ran 10-4 once, but it was in the 40, <laughs> you know. This guy did it in the 100. But, uh, you know, he's been a guy that uh, can really stretch the defense. And, so I think we've got some weapons in, in that running back room, you know, with Lou and, and Kobe coming back. But, you know, these three these three rookies, uh, you know, along with Bracey, um, you know, that's a really talented room. They just have speed all over the place down there in the panhandle, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> it's There's, just like every yeah. single year yeah. it seems like there's uh, some speedsters coming out of there. No, he and and uh, he's from an area. He's actually down in Sarasota and an uh, area I'm really familiar with and, and was kind of sent our way from some good friends over the years that I've met down there. and um, We're really happy to have Keandre. Well, it sounds like, Coach, uh, it's going to be really exciting for you to take a peek. I know that first scrimmage is coming up here, and uh, we didn't even talk about that stacked running back room you still have. A lot of talent on uh, in that department also. Yeah, no, I, I – um, you know, we, we brought Bracey over a year ago, you know, from the secondary, uh, which he was playing there as well. And uh, I thought he did some really good things for us, uh, getting his feet wet in that, especially in the Wildcat package. Um, now he's kind of understanding the whole thing. So that gives us a, another guy there. And then uh, these three freshmen, um, you know, let's, let's keep an eye on those guys. I, I uh, you know, so far uh, I feel really, really good about that recruiting class. And, 
and it was the first full recruiting class we had, you know, where we actually got out and were able to uh, make connections and, and meet people and and build relationships. And, uh, you know, so far that that uh, that class is not disappointed. And just in the running back core, it looks like you guys went all over the place. You got a couple of Michigan guys, uh, an Alabama guy, a New Jersey guy. So uh, there's a lot of different. Indiana. Uh, yeah, Indiana. Yep. I mean, yep. it's not just Michigan here or the Midwest. You guys are able to, to go to different spots here and, and bring Chippewas up here to Mount Pleasant. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Justin Hines, who little shout out, uh, Justin Hines, and he, his uh, beautiful wife just had a baby uh, this week. Uh and uh, we're excited about that to have another little Chippewa come rolling around. And and uh, but Heinze, uh he's he's from that New Jersey area and and uh, did a great job, you know, in that part of the recruitment. And then, uh, you know, some of the things that we're able to do down in that uh, Alabama area, just from the past, uh, you know, recruiting that we've done. You know, it's. Uh, you know, when there is a kid, you know, somebody will give us a call, and, and uh, that's been really good. And then we kind of consider, you know, that Indiana piece as part of the footprint. What you're telling me is it pays to be an old man. Uh, no. Because you know no, a lot of people, No, right? it, it pays to have great <laughs> assistants who have made great relationships and, and are able to go and uh, rely on those to get some guys. Uh, speaking of old man, I, did you did you see the breaking news we had uh, over this past weekend? Uh one Division One coach here in Mount Pleasant sent out a tweet for the first time since August. I, did you catch that, coach? <laughs> I tell you, but you know what? It was a, it was a tw- it was it was a tweet that should have gone out because it was from uh, a guy that's just so near and dear to to myself and and a guy that has actually come uh, and and spoke with our team and really had a great effect on him and in uh shep and in shep inspires man he's he's unbelievable and for him to think of us and and just send me that kind of thought book you know i thought it was really important that uh uh, he's a guy that that uh really means a lot he's he's spoken to our teams at different places i've been and we've stayed in touch and and uh when he came and spoke with our team here uh the year before i mean you could have heard a pin drop in uh just his message uh, is fantastic. His delivery is fantastic, and his story is fantastic. So, um, I would encourage everybody out there just go on a link sometime and hit Shep uh, Inspires, and uh, I think you'll be blown away. I did it today. I was watching. Did I know you? he's yeah. spoken to a few different college football yeah. teams and keynote speaker, but he definitely commands a room. There's yeah. no question about that. No, it's fantastic, and and. Uh, you know, for him to stay in touch and, and follow follow us uh, where we've gone and and uh, really means a lot. First tweet since August. You're really good at the retweets, <laughs> but I, I again blown away. Do we get two in one week? Like uh, uh, you know what? I can't. You know, I hate to rush and just throw <laughs> everything out there all at once. You know. Well, it, it is a good book. You were you're talking about it. We'll have to check it out. But uh, yeah, go check out Coach Max tweet. Get out of that bed by C L Shepherd. Goes by Shep. Uh, pretty cool to see. Are you hungry? Because we, we got to talk some food here. <clears throat> you know what? I'm really excited about this one because, uh, you know, I'm hoping to maybe sneak some recipes out, you know, maybe some secrets uh, as we get Elmo in here to, to talk to us. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm really excited about this guest and uh, a guy that's that's actually helped us a lot. And, and uh, Elmo Walton uh, um, has done a ton for this community and he's and comes into the into the uh, podcast bearing gifts you uh, know I, I i i'm really excited about that i don't know how but, much uh, talking we're going to be doing here <laughs> that's right um and uh but no that this will be a lot of fun for us uh we'll get a chance to visit with elmo and, and he does such a great job here in the community i'm i'm excited for him to take the time to come on and visit well let's get right into it elmo walton Max and Emily's owner, CMU alum, welcome. How you doing? I'm good, Adam. How about yourself? We're doing great, and uh, it, now it smells wonderful in here. <laughs> you what, know, what do you have for us? I tell you can what, I we open might. This up? Yeah, do we need to? Can we eat can, on the radio? Yes, we absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I mean, we it's can, a podcast. Yeah, anything goes. It, anything goes. I mean, look at this. 
this Listen, is Adam, I, I couldn't leave you high and dry. So. Oh my goodness, this is a uh, first. There, of course, are grilled, are famous grilled treat cheese sandwiches that yes. that our players uh, absolutely love. It's a it's a Friday night uh, ritual for us, uh, and uh, you know th this is fantastic. Uh, if I get sidetracked here, can you kind of yeah, carry I this? Yeah, I guess this will uh, be the first time we have a guest on here where I have to ask <laughs> the questions. <laughs> Yeah. Elmo, tell me how you're doing today, man. Uh, I'm great. It's a beautiful day in Mount Pleasant. It's yeah. a little chilly, but, you know, that's all right. That is. And, and uh, you know, y you've been doing this now. We're talking about Max and Emily's uh, in downtown there on Broadway. And you, you've been doing this now f uh, out of that spot for 20-some years? 21 years. 21 years. Yeah. Tell me how you got into that type of business and and how you stay in it for 21 years you know i i was in college i needed a job mm -hmm. i mean as we all as we all do and uh, a brother of mine uh was working there he loved working there and said hey let me see if i can't get you a job and one thing led to another and 21 years later here i am so did you it, 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 did, did you ever think you know that 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 was going to be the path no I, I did not want to work in food. It wasn't my idea of an of a ideal job. It was just <laughs> something I happened to fall upon and, and really quickly fell in love with what it was I was doing, uh, the ownership at the time, uh, Tim's values and ideals of community service, involvement, guest relations, really fit my lifestyle at that point. Sure. And, and you know, I, I guess uh, during this time, obviously, for all the restaurant owners, how tough was that to kind of be able to keep going, you know? Uh, it was mentally and yeah. physically draining. Yeah. Uh, you know, how do you, how do you plan for the unknown? How do you adapt to an, an ever-changing uh, society to, a, uh, to everything? Nothing, right. nothing was going anyone's way, and... For a restaurant, it seemed to be just even harder because while we were still open, we weren't really open. That's right. You know, yeah. we're, we're a restaurant that serves 150, 175 sandwiches a day. Sure. And we were going down to 35. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It, it is. So, you know, you talk about the development of, like, the menu, okay? You're, yeah. you're a sandwich shop, you know, if, if we were to put it in that kind of realm i guess how, how do you just how did you go about and say you know what we're going to put this one on or what are we going to put on you know how do you develop the menu a uh, good question you know our, our menu has has spanned almost 30 years at this point and while some of the sandwiches and some of the the, the meals that we have do come internally a lot of them come from guests huh. a lot of them come from a, a, a guest that says you know i want to get this and they get it every single time yeah and every time i see jesse i know that he's going to get this sandwich and we're like we should probably put that sandwich on the main <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good idea and so we'll make it and we'll try it back in the kitchen the staff be like oh my god this is this is fabulous uh -huh. and so we'll talk to jesse and say hey can we put this on the menu what do you think what do you want to call it and Next thing you know, it's the number 63, the fiery Turkinator. <laughs> the fiery Turkinator. Great names, I too. love it. I love it. you so got to have great yeah. names. Yeah. So, so in the development of that, when, when you go and you finally get that, when you think about the name, okay, so it's not like, okay, I'm, it's, you know, a bologna sandwich. You know, what, what is, how do you, how do you go about creating that name to kind of create the interest? You know, part of it is going to be the guest. If they've created it, you know, what are you thinking? What yeah. do you feel? Are we going to call it Steve's favorite? Cause your name is Steve or if you're Jesse, you call it the fiery Turkinator. We try to make it clever. We mm -hmm. try to make it unique. Is it something that uh, is representative of the person that created it? Is it something, uh, an internal Max and Emily's joke, which we have, a lot of them have <laughs> musical references. Sure. Um, some have community, lots of them have CMU references. We just try to make sure it's fun and something that, that you know, as a guest, you can say, I'm, I want to get that one sandwich. Oh, well, we have a sandwich called that one sandwich. <laughs> we can, <laughs> we can do that for you. <laughs> we can do it. That's right. Uh, e you know, we'll get to the music bit in, in a bit here, but if, if, if you were to say, okay, and, and I'm going to tell the people that are listening now, when you get into Mount Pleasant, you know, you're going to get downtown there on Broadway and you're going to go have a sandwich. All right. And uh, 
I think all three people that are listening will probably just flood at the same time, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, as, as you do that, okay, what's the go-to? What What do you – and I'm putting you on here yeah. now, you know, because it's all good. But There's, I guess maybe your go-to. What is your go-to? My go-to right now is a little bit different. I've gone vegetarian, so I, I'm, well, sticking, I'm sticking with the okay. Max with grilled yeah, yeah. cheese. I count, love it every count, time. Count me out on that. But, you know, my <laughs> first question is I need to know a little bit about you. Are you a turkey person? Are you a chicken person? Are you a beef person? Look at the and, way and from just there, right no, to he you. just right to it. You I know, love and it. And from, if I can narrow that down, I can say, okay, if it's turkey, we're going fire turkeynator. It's, okay. That's just it's the number one sandwich that we have. Okay. The number one. If you're going to go chicken, we're looking at the salsa ranch wrap. We're thinking about if you want to go quesadilla, we can do uh, the flat wrap. Uh, if you want to go brisket, um, it's the usual or the mud honey every single time. The mud honey. The mud honey. Okay, the old mud honey. Let's talk about the mud honey. <laughs> I'm, I'm liking this. So the mud honey is going to be uh, hot barbecue beef brisket, applewood smoked bacon, cheddar cheese, cold turkey, uh, barbecue sauce, all on a toasted 6-inch, uh, 7-inch hero bun. And wow. it's delicious. I, 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 the mud honey. That's what the I'm mud honey. Another I, great name too. Yeah. It's just and and to tie back into music, that one's named after an obscure Seattle rock band. Yeah, not a grunge band. Uh, yeah, they're yeah, yeah they're. Yeah, a grunge I band. think I kind of because it was band. the you know where it was really invented. You know, was over in the Seattle area. Yep. And uh, you know, technically, truthfully, out in Hoquiam in Aberdeen, Washington, was the ori- the original grunge sound that actually moved into Seattle. But as we're talking about that, you're a music buff. I know a little bit about a little bit. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to start with this Pearl Jam thing. Sure. Okay. I, I believe the number was 53 concerts. 53 times I've seen them in concert. Wow. Wow. How about that? Now, um, one year you might have just followed them around like you, you were damn near a deadhead but you were a jam head right? damn near yes. yeah okay so tell me how that was uh it was the summer of 2003 i think i was 24 25 and i was working at max Dumboys. my I, I said to my boss i said hey what are the chances i could have a month and a half off to go follow a rock band he's like all right go have a good time and you know and i, I traveled the country and it was a beautiful beautiful summer it, um, they didn't happen to play that year at in my hometown in Missoula, Montana. They actually played the stadium there one year. Uh, they in, played in Missoula, Missoula a handful yeah. of times. I don't know if they played in 03, though. I yeah. can't remember. I didn't do yeah. that, that that coast. That coast. You stayed out this way? I stayed uh, Midwest and East Side. Sure. I think one of their uh, one of their guitars actually is a Missoula guy or he whatever. He is from Missoula, yes. Yeah. So, uh, now, I, I mean, what the heck would I know that for? I mean, we're. I mean, this is. This I'm is, learning I so mean, much just is, listening. I mean, this. just talking <laughs> Pearl Jam, right? So, uh, so, 34 in one kind of stretch. One Give me the best venue of those oh. that you and and really kind of the maybe the cool place that that was unique. Uh, it has to be Madison Square Garden. You know, there's something special about the, the history garden. of that venue. Yeah about just walking into a place and and you know the history and you know the style and you know that it's going to be a, f- a full capacity show it, it was a unique experience i'm glad i got to ha- i got to go there once for a show i've never been for anything else right uh, but I, I would love to go back so um obviously the the affinity for pearl jam okay uh, and that would be your number one Let, let's give me a top Five. Oh, top five. Top I mean four, the, top five. The Beatles for sure. Well, I mean, I've, I've, I've named my son. My son's <laughs> name is Lennon. So no. <laughs> okay, the Beatles are going to be on there pretty you know high what on the though, list. And, and pretty tough to go see right now. But anyway, go ahead. I saw Paul. Yeah, you did? We we, yeah. we took our son to go see Paul McCartney for his first ticketed concert. So Not bad for seven years old. How much did he play Beatles stuff to wing stuff? To oh, man. You, he you, you he, know had, a nice, he had a nice variety of, of all. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. He, he reached back and then he, I love it. I love it. Okay, go ahead. Um, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Gotta, okay. love, gotta love Neil Young. Um, so you have to add Young. Would you just go watch Crosby, Stills and Nash? Absolutely. Okay, good. Absolutely. Good. Um, going back to Seattle, there's a, a band called Death Cab for Cutie. I, I followed them around for a summer or two. Love them. 
Do good, you? Big good guys. Fan. Big good guys. Fan. Yeah. We should tell stories off the air. <laughs> Fair enough. Because <laughs> they're, they're fun people. Um, gosh, good questions. Uh, there's a band out of uh, England called Snow Patrol uh -huh. that has been pretty heavy on my playlist for the past three or four years. That's fantastic. So, so mm -hmm. can we expect some of that when we go into the restaurant? Um, it, we get it depends on I the mean, day. Okay. Depends on the day. You know, my GM, she likes to yeah. make sure that we have a nice uh, family-oriented atmosphere, not, not too rock, not too quiet. She's, mm -hmm. she's big into the 80s right now. Yeah. So right now you walk down, you're going to get 80s music, which is great. Um, I was a child of the 80s. You know, I kind of... You know, it's, here's what's really kind of a, I'm messed up, okay? So <laughs> I grew up, uh, mom, dad, a lot older when they had me. So, okay. you know, uh, you had a, an influence of the big band era, mm -hmm. obviously through some, you know, to some Sinatra and this and that. And then my siblings were all older before I, so when I was a little shaver, of course, it was really the hippie movement in, you know, the, the early 60s um, was a music that was playing in the room. And then I kind of grow up, and it's disco, right? I mean, I am, like, all over the place. You've got your, you've got your hand in many different avenues. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy how that works. But uh, getting back to, to the restaurant piece and, and really more than anything, how you're able to touch people, kind of tell me a little bit about the people helping people. I... Unbelievable to me that over 4,700 meals that you gave out in uh, about 117 days yeah. to the needy and, and this. But tell me kind of the, tell me what that's all about. So five years ago, uh, the owner, Tim Brockman, uh, he and I and, and his family have been having some conversations. The soup kitchen's closed on Sundays. So if you are in need of a meal, you have no place to go. Sure. Um, and that was a problem for Tim. It's a problem for me. No one should go hungry in our community for any reason. Uh, and so we started our program where on the Sundays you can go to the soup kitchen throughout the week, get a coupon, come see us, and we're going to provide you with a meal. Sandwich, soup, pasta salad, potato salad, chips, cookie, um, and, and other things as the years progress. Fantastic cookies, by the way. Just yes. as a side note. Go yeah. ahead. Um, you know, and so, so that, that program's been going on for four years, and then suddenly the pandemic hits, and the world becomes chaotic. And, you know, those, those first week and a half, it was trying to figure out what I can do to make myself feel better. You know, trying to fill this, this void that's suddenly going on inside of me, going, I don't, I don't know what to do here. And then I'm seeing that people are losing their jobs. People are... are losing their houses. They're not going to know how to pay for their gas. Their kids can't go to school. They've all these financial problems that they haven't had in the past. And, you know, I tried to take a note of, of what would Timmy do, and, and he'd say, we feed people. And so after two weeks, we opened it up to anybody, anytime, any reason. And so for the next 117 days, we s served 4,732 meals at mm. no charge to them. Wow. I just, uh, you know, it's... It I go back, what what really makes a place what it is in, in this community is so great. And uh, because of stories like that really makes you want to live in Mount Pleasant, you know, because uh, that's really what it is, helping each other. It was important to you. It's, it's the name of our program, people yeah. helping people. And if we all look out for this person over here and that person over there and you over here, we can make the world better. That's it right. really is just that simple. Yeah. So... Your your love of music, obviously the the love of people, you know, to be a restaurant owner, getting to know the people, you know, coming in and 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 doing things that are make them feel comfortable. But mm -hmm. uh, you started a, a little downtown concert series, I think. Uh, probably had your big had a real hand in that. Yep. And uh, tell me about that. So the Max Lumley Summer Concert Series started back in 2009. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a joint venture between us, Isabella Bank, and downtown Mount Pleasant. Uh, CMU jumped on a couple years later. And the idea was in 2008, the economy had crashed. Yeah. And people couldn't go out and do things similar to last year. And we said, well, what can we do to give back? And, and Tim knew that I had a, a giant background in music. Mm -hmm. And we'd had a guest that wanted to perform there the summer before. And we shut the street down, and suddenly 800 people showed up. Wow. And we're like, all right, cool. Let's 
try it again and see what happens for real. And, and over the years, it's grown from 800 guests to we average around 2,200 every show. And we do five, six, seven shows a year, always June, July, and August. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not... It's not Adam's Garage Band. No, you know, <laughs> no offense to your Garage Band. I'm sure you guys are doing really good things. You wouldn't want to hear that, I promise. You. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, we're out there trying to get uh, regional bands, but we've had uh, national artists, we've had uh, Emmy Award winners, Grammy Award winners, we've had international artists before. Uh, trying to make sure that we have an opportunity pr to provide the community with someone they haven't heard before or a different musical style, but it's family entertainment and it's all free. Yeah. You know, you come downtown, you bring your lawn chair, you sit out there and enjoy the show. You'll see Dave Kylitz for every show. Yeah, Dave and Sue are always there. Yeah, there you, go. Um, you know, and, and it's been fun over the past four years, five years, there's always this big 30-foot gap between the stage and the front row. I don't, I don't know why, it's just where people put their chairs. But that, that gap has started getting filled with Little kids dancing, mom yeah. and dad dancing, college kids dancing. It's really become almost uh, like a little dance club. Sure. N but everyone's having a great time, and, and we've really enjoyed the opportunity to give back that way. So uh, are, are you responsible for booking the acts? The whole thing the falls whole on me. Oh, my goodness. Um, how do they approach you? Do you some have, I mean some have approached me. Yeah. I've had some really weird approaches. I had Whitesnake get a hold of me. No way. Many, many, many years <laughs> ago. I was, th I, I thought, I reading the email, I'm going, this, this one isn't for us, but two, how did you guys get a hold of me? <laughs> I don't, doesn't make sense how to me. How did we do that? Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll reach out and, and talk to artists and talk to bands that, that we like, mm -hmm. that we think would be an excellent choice for downtown. Um, and then go out and ask them. The worst thing that somebody can say is no. Yeah. You know, we called, uh, uh, James Taylor. Sure. Year two year two you know uh -huh. if he's in the area if it can route it it's yeah. only x amount of money we could go back to our sponsors and say hey we have an opportunity right we couldn't afford jimmy no no he, he's doing really really <laughs> good for himself <laughs> he's doing well you know i tell you what though with this uh kind of layoff uh in the music industry in general as as we've all been affected um I bet you there's some hungry entertainers right there now. There are. I've been talking to several for this year. We are we are actively booking okay. this year, um, pushing everything to the end. So sure. everything's going to be in August in the hopes that we can do this together. Mm -hmm. um, but so far, everyone's like, I, I would love to come play a show. Please tell me we can make this happen. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, again, just another thing that you've done for this community. And, and uh, tell me where you see... Moving forward, I'm going to go back to Max and Emily's. If there was something where you said, you know what, I want to try this on the menu, oh. what might you go with? You know, we've tried so many things. I mean, sure. we, we had a fried egg sal or um, uh, eggplant sandwich one summer. Huge hit. Not for me. <laughs> Not for me at the time. But, you know, we've we've done things from eggplant. We've done things from... All different kinds of vegetables, slow-roasted tomatoes, sun-dried tomatoes, different kinds of peppers. Uh, but we're, we're trying to experiment. And, you know, we like to be on the forefront of what's coming and what's new. But the, the thing that we always come back to is, you know, Coach, if, if you're at home and, and you're going to make a sandwich, mm -hmm. you're going to get some turkey, some mayo, some mustard, lettuce, and tomato, and maybe some cheddar cheese, and you're going to call it good. Yeah. That's, that's what most people are going to make for a sandwich. We want to think outside that box. Sure. What are you not going to think of? So when we think of let's put some chicken salad together with some smoked turkey, yeah, that's what we're going to try. We're going to try that brisket and cold turkey and call it the mud honey. You yeah. know, we're going to try and think outside the box and – if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, we learned what doesn't work. And that's, yeah. that's my biggest thing is talking to staff and, and talking to um, guests that want to try something. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, you learn what's not, what not to do next time. Absolutely. It, it, and it's a, it's, a great, it's a great sandwich lesson. It's an even better life lesson. That's exactly right. Um, you know, w uh, with that, when, when you look at the doing those type of things uh, – how much does the local produce, the local farmers, are you able to do and get a lot of support? We get a that lot. Way? We get a lot of our stuff from the state of Michigan. Uh, our turkey's all from Michigan. Our bread comes from Detroit. Uh, a lot of our fruits and veggies are, are from the area. Mm -hmm. um, we we do our best. Yeah, you know, it, you can't get everything right, right here in Mount Pleasant, but we're going to get as much as we can. Yeah, it's fantastic.
helping each other, man. That's what it's all about. People and, helping people. And, and yeah. I, just, I, I, I just think that's fantastic. Well, this has been a blast. I know you had a couple things that you were trying to squeeze in, so go ahead while I eat my grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah, I'll, uh, okay. I'll, I'll take over now so we can hear the, the crunching sounds yeah. in the background. It's a good sound. you gotta ha- you got to have good crunch on your sandwich. That's right, and we definitely have it with this. That's I mean, right. These are cooked to perfection. I want to know about um, your support for Central Michigan Athletics because you are a main supporter in terms of feeding teams like the football squad, coming to coming to events, coming to games. When did that become so important to you, and why is it so important to you? You know, I'll go back to, to Tim. Tim was always um, active in athletics, but he was active in, in all aspects of CMU. His wife, Liz, is a professor on campus. They, you know, they're from Mount Pleasant, and, and, and Timmy would always want to be involved with athletics, huge with basketball, men's and women's, uh, the football program, baseball. And when I took over as owner in 2017, I, I wanted to continue to develop some of those ideas in areas that didn't get as much support, whether that's um, field hockey and soccer or lacrosse, and and just kind of make sure I could try to be a part of as much as possible. Because there's how many different teams on, on athletics right now? 16? Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there, there's, there's a bunch, and there's over 400 student athletes. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah they all need support and they all need to know that there's someone out there that says hey i think you're awesome and i want to make sure that you get a cookie today yeah and that's and that's the i love walking with cookies <laughs> you walk in with cookies for the volleyball program they're like oh talking about lighting the room up yeah yes check with coach first make sure it's a, <laughs> make sure it's an okay thing but you know those those are great things and and it's easy for me to do that's it's part of my nature is in is a restaurateur as i feed people yeah. And, and I want to feed as many as possible. Well, I know this. He's not walking in my office with an eggplant sandwich. <laughs> no. I do know that. No, nope, that one's been <laughs> off the menu for a good seven, eight years. We'll All let right. that one lay. All right. All right, last question. This one's most important. For someone like me that has so many struggles with trying different things, I walk in there every time and I'm like, don't get the Ken French dip. Don't get the Ken French. I get it every time. How, how do I branch out and try something new? It's funny that you mentioned Ken's French dip. So here's a Ken story. So <laughs> so Ken used to be a CMU professor and and Ken would only get the French dip. That's the only sandwich he would ever have. And I, I was working late one Monday. This is 15 years ago. And, and Ken walks in and we're flat out of roast beef. I have no roast beef in the restaurant. I can't make Ken a sandwich. I think to myself, this is it. I'm going to get him to step outside. He's going to try something new. And so Ken comes up. I'm talking. I'm like, Ken, I'm sorry. We are we are I have none. I have no roast beef for you. He's like, I'll come back tomorrow. Have a great night. And leaves. I'm like, oh, my God. How? Th- that's the dedication he had to Ken's French dip. He would not have anything else, even if there was no possibilities. So how do you step outside the box? I'm going to be honest. I've never had <laughs> another sandwich besides the Ken's French dip. I can't stop eating it. So this is going to be my first. Yes. I'm, look, I'm looking to see if there's any teeth marks yet. No, you haven't. <laughs> you know, he, here's the thing, Adam. You come, you come see me, and you would be like, Elmo, I need something new. I don't want to know what it is. Just put it in a bag okay. if it's to go or bring it out to the table. I will bring you something, and you'll, you will then have two favorite sandwiches. You just do what you did today. You just give me a paper bag, and I'm going to eat it. I like to, sh- I like to, I like to show up with food. You, can't, you yeah. can't own a restaurant and not show up with food. So I'll take good care of you. So, uh, you know, I'm just sitting here. Just, I'm gonna help you. There, there's this mud honey. Mud honey. Oh, kinda, I'm all in you know, on that. It sounds and, amazing. And I'm thinking the French dip, right? Well, this has the brisket. Yep. Now, followed with that coolness of the turkey, right? Mm-hmm. Along with some bacon. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm just telling you. Just close your eyes. Don't look at anything that says French or dip, all right? And just go right mud, honey. That's, see, that's not the problem. Like, I see all the things on the menu. I'm like, like, I want that, 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 right that, that. And I'm like, no, I just love that French dip on that ciabatta bun. But there are so many that feel that way, you know. Coach Catherine from field hockey, she gets the 47 every single time. Okay. She won't branch out. So I'm not alone. You know, no. Coach, <laughs> Coach Heather is going to get uh, the uh, number 27, the California girl with no sprouts on a spinach tortilla. Yep. You know, every single time. <laughs> Co- <laughs> Coach Guevara, on, on game days, she'd always get her green eggs and ham with egg whites only. There you go. You know, and, that, and that's, you, you know, you have what you like and you like it. And that's my job is to make sure that 
you know, everybody has that one sandwich that they love and it's there for you at all times. Um, and when you've got 83 sandwiches, hopefully I can find one that's just perfect for you. There's so many. And the last thing I have to say <laughs> is when you walk into Max and Emily's, don't ever sleep on the soups. They're all amazing. Wow. I got to get one every time I'm in there. So yeah. good. What's your What's your go-to on the soup? Just chicken, chicken dumpling, dumpling. Or, or the broccoli <laughs> cheese. I just like whatever is – because you guys do it by day, right? We Sometimes. do it by day. But here's the thing. Like we had – I had to pull the menu back a little bit during the pandemic, and we've been starting to branch back out. Um, but broccoli cheese has made a triumphant return Fridays only. See, so you come down Friday, you have a good shot of getting some. See, broccoli so cheese. then I don't have to make there a decision. Go. I'm just like, whatever's available, I'm gonna get that soup every time. Yeah, and I love it. Thanks so much, Elmo. I mean, for you to come on and all the things you do, not only for us, but more importantly for this community. Um, that make it such a great place to be. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Coach. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Well, now that we've uh, stuffed our faces, we'll finish this podcast. Yeah, unbelievable grilled cheese sandwich. And I'm, I'm a, I love grilled cheese. I mean, yeah. I growing up, that was always something my mom. In fact, they, uh, Friday nights, you know, on uh, every game, our snack includes grilled cheese sandwiches. And, uh, you know, it's something I carried with me everywhere we've gone. And, you know, it, it goes back a little bit to, I think, what Elmo was talking about. You know, people kind of have their favorite, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it, it brings back memories of my mom. Uh, that was always a game day, you know, kind of a tradition. I'd have a grilled cheese sandwich before we went to play. And, you know, it, it uh, you know, always puts a smile on my face. It's so simple, but it always hits the spot. That's right. But what a great guest, huh? Yeah. Tell me that wasn't a blast. I mean, I never knew the, the music background, yeah. but uh, I think if, if you're listening to this, uh, you're going to learn about how great Max and Emily's is, but uh, then you're going to hear about how big of a music fan Elmo. I mean, he's gone and seen multiple bands 30-plus times yeah. live. That's insane. Well, and he and has been to over a 1,000. You know, he mentioned to us over a 1,000 live shows. And, and uh, you know, it's, 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 it's great. And, and you know what I just uh, – the, the, the thing that really hit me is the community involvement and, in, you know, the people helping people. Um, you know, given those in need, uh, and it really one of the things that, that I stress with our team is, you know, the ability to give of yourself for the benefit of others. And, and ultimately, that's what that's all about. So, uh, you know, I encourage, strongly encourage when you do get into town, you know, head on downtown and there to Broadway, hit, hit Max and Emily's and tell them we sent you and and we want the uh, mud honey. The mud honey, yes. And uh, I, I love the option, too. I mean, it's <coughs> it's not just lunch or sandwiches. They've got desserts. They've got breakfast. Like he really said, they've got so much on the menu. They do. You can get something different every time and love it every single time. No, what a blast. And, and you know, I'll, just, I'll go back. I mean, that's what makes this place such a great place to be. I, I, I remember when we were hired, you know, it was, look, you're going to love the people. And uh, this is just another example of it. Elmo Walton, uh, Max and Emily's owner for the last few years, took over for the late Tim Brockman. And, uh, again, you can just hear it when we talk to him, the way that he's willing to give back to the community, even in the midst of a pandemic when the business, as he mentioned, you know, it was tough for him. Yeah. And he's still willing to help people while he's struggling and they're continuing to try and make things work. No, it's great. And, and you know, our kids really look forward to it, too, whenever we're able to sneak a Max and Emily's uh, meal in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we appreciate him coming on. And, uh, Coach, back for more practices and uh, more spring ball this week, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, really looking forward to it, too. I, I, uh, you know, this is a little bit different on the schedule. We, we, uh, we're we really only going to have – usually you have usually about, uh, you know, three kind of main scrimmages. Um, and we just felt – we needed a little more fundamental work, uh, especially with all the new faces. So this will be, you know, scrimmage one, and, and we'll only have one other uh, major scrimmage after that. So, um, like I said, uh, really looking forward to the upcoming week. Um, obviously, we're sitting here right now, and uh, it it's a Sunday. I don't know when this goes out, but we've got basketball games on. Yes, and, we do. Uh, 
what an unbelievable tournament this has been. I mean, I just it's been incredible and and uh <clears throat> come next time when when we're uh doing this, I guess going into Easter weekend, uh we'll be looking at those final four teams trying yeah. to figure out who's going to win it all. Amazing that they're pulling this off again. Everything running in, in Indianapolis down there, and and the same for the women's side. Everything going in in San Antonio area. I mean, uh, just great that we can have this sense of uh, excitement throughout the tournament. One done always makes it uh, fun to watch. And man, I don't I don't mean to be digging on you, but it seems like everybody besides Eastern Washington, all these underseeded teams are getting through. Man, there's <laughs> just a ton of. Uh, Double-digit seeds that are getting through. It's been fun to watch. Well, I mean, and, and how close were we to, you know, seeing our first 15 seed ever? Yeah. You know, that – what an unbelievable shot, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm – like I said, I, I just you – know, you know, you you look back and you try to think what the heck we've just gone through. And, you know, I think uh, – I, I, I've been reading something, you know, it's really, I think all of us just let's go reclaim what we lost. And, yep. and you know what? I'm attacking this basketball tournament because we <laughs> lost it, right? I'm going to reclaim it. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's one of the best times of the year. And then, uh, you know, after basketball, it's like, okay, if you're a big golf fan, here, yep. comes, the here Masters, comes the Masters. And, uh, uh, you know, and tradition then, like no other. Right? That's right. And then right around the corner. Summer, then football, baseball. I know you're a big baseball guy. It, that starts it, up this week. That starts so up this week, yeah. It's just great to have, I mean, sports obviously coming back, but everything seems to be churning in the right direction of us, like you said, taking back what, what we haven't had for the last year. No, really, really excited and looking forward to it. And, and uh, you know, as we continue to, you know, uh, get as many people with the shots in the arm and, and uh, so all of us can kind of move forward, I think it's uh, – it's really important, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this basketball turning too. I mean, I'm telling you. That's the subtle nudge saying, yeah, Adam, like, Adam, wrap this thing wrap up. this up so, <laughs> you know, I, I finished up the film so I can go watch some hoops. Well, let's go watch some hoops. Coach, thanks for joining us, and, uh, hey, we'll talk to you again uh, this upcoming week, and uh, best of luck out there on the football field, the practice field. Get these guys, uh, get them in shape, and uh, excited to see what they look like. Can't wait. Thanks, bud.